Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of this diversionary tale from the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Yeah. Special guest, Ross. Yay. Woo, diversionary. Yay, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, make a clever diversion. Look over there. What? Yeah. So, yeah, we are back. Well, I guess not necessarily back once again. I suppose we are back once again. We are back once again to our side story after... Uh, Returning back to the main story for some time when, when actually, when last we had done the side story, it had been during the onset of the uh, 2020 pandemic, mm-hmm. wherein we were not entirely certain whether or not we could get our audio equipment to work properly. And therefore, we were like, yeah, well, we'll make a little side story. And if the audio quality is meh, then we shouldn't have a problem. Spoilers, it worked out. Well, fortunately, yeah. I think the plan was to do a side story at some point anyway, but. Yes, we had planned on doing a side story, but that had kind of pushed forward the uh, the necessity of doing mm-hmm. said side story. Very true. And in that case, it had been kind of dropped in and not really uh, led up to quite mm-hmm. as well as I felt like it was for this one. But fortunately, thanks to the uh, generous support of our patrons, we were able to uh, quickly create the amazing uh, rig that we now have so that we can provide amazing side story content as well. Rigs plural, actually. Rigs, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of the rigs. Yeah, I suppose let's go ahead and jump back in. So this will be covering the Faded Episodes 1, 2, and 3, of which uh, I am hosting this as opposed to normal, since I am the only one that actually was there for all of these stories. Yep, yep. (laughs) Yep. It's the A-side, B-side special. Woo! So 1 and 2, because I'm actually going to take these as a joint 1 and 2, because they kind of paralleled one another as they actually took place simultaneously. Fancy. I know. So one and two, basically, both of those started literally at dawn on the exact same day and then ended at the exact same point. So it followed the the twin stories of Falto and his father, as well as the new additions to the team, Jean-Louis Rousseau. Is and it supposed to be like Rousseau, like the poet? Yes. Or uh, not poet, um, philosopher? philosopher? Yeah. Yeah, the philosopher, yeah. And Isaac Bishop. Yo, who had uh, arrived in the city of On and then were pursuing... Technically, I think they're kind of pursuing Segura, mm-hmm. but at the same time, were also pursuing their own leads on the cult of the Black Pharaoh, the uh, the Brotherhood of the Black Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. At the same time, elsewhere in the city of On, uh, Segura, as well as her companions in the form of Wolf, now going by Abyss, technically actual name, as well as... Planchette and the Asp, whose actual name is Valmir. Mm-hmm. I had to look at my notes. I'm not used to all of these names, period. I'm just like, <laughs> I, like I just want to you're, you're just going to get used to the names in time for us to finish the story up, and then it's Probably. like another year before we can do anything with it. So Valmir is like Val Kilmer, right? Because it's Val, yes. and then you slash off the kill. And <laughs> like Val Kilmer Valmere. back in the day, not current Val Kilmer. Well, no, we oh, yeah, cast yeah, him sure. as the kid from Stranger Things. Me and Jessica both decided that's who he was. What? What? Which kid? There's a lot of kids from Stranger with Things. The hair? With yes. the hair? Yes, yes. What? <laughs> the kid with You're the hair. You mean Finn, Finn Wolfhard? No. No, no, the, he's not actually a kid. He's a teenager. The 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 Brit? Steve or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay, not the Brit. Okay. The, yeah. Okay. The one with the hair. Okay. The, one with the, the hair. one with the hair. I don't know <laughs> why we. It's funny, Rachel and I both went there. We we're like, it must be Finn then. <laughs> anyway, 
So I decided to try to do something kind of, hopefully it came across as very interesting for our audience, in that I basically took the exact same premise, the exact same setup for both of those episodes, and then just decided to see how the two groups, independent of one another, would approach things differently. <laughs> I assume we uh, did. Yeah, I mean, it, it came across uh, somewhat different. So on one hand, the, the group went out, gathered some information. Uh, it turned out, actually, that the, the Pathfinders were much better at uh, gathering information as far as like lucky roles were concerned yeah because i think neither of you were diplomacy skilled but i'm wanting mm, to yep. say ross rolled exceptionally well yeah. and i'm wanting to say uh jean louis just got lost and on wandered around for a while and eventually stumbled to back be fair into the does not speak of siriani so not super good at reading the signs on the street or asking for directions so it fits yes and then uh, once you guys had gathered information, considering that Segura and her group were actually substantially better at gathering information since they were far more diplomatic, apparently. And good at that. is sweet looking, just creepy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, Christina Ricci. Yeah, that's my idol. That's who that is. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you both basically got the same information just through talking to different people. Slightly different information actually, but uh, I'll wait until you guys get a chance to role play a little bit more in conversation with one another to determine what different information you may have gained access to. Oh dear. At which point you had taken two different tracks for how you went, where uh, I believe the breakout team of Falto, his father, as well as Jean-Louis and Isaac had decided to go and buy some black robes because of course they're going to wear black robes and mm -hmm. then uh, hang around the marketplace in black robes until other black robe people showed up and then walk mm. along with them. Oh yeah, it's standard cult behavior. Standard I mean, cult to behavior. be fair, they were just like there. So I mean, clearly mm -hmm. somebody, the, the merchant knew something. He was making black robes in the <laughs> desert, which is, you know, some somewhat common, but it's like I was going to really say, hot. that's not uncommon. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, it's not uncommon, but it's like, like, the one merchant that that's all they sell it's like there's no color variation it's like you're you're part of the cult for sure you're it's the cult supplier he's the like uh quartermaster well, he's just making a buck off of the city's current uh situation <laughs> he's just an opportunist <laughs> i'll accept that so he has he has uh 11 ranks of rogue <laughs> yes <laughs> got him however both groups had made their way out to the the sanctuary in which the cult was basically doing amazing light show. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as creepy things are concerned, this is a, a tie-in for those of you familiar with the short story uh, Narlathotep from uh, Lovecraft's mm -hmm. works, where basically Narlathotep's original incarnation was more or less based on uh, Nikola Tesla. Yep. Yeah. And and you know going around and doing amazing performances <laughs> with electricity and things like that. Except so, for the horrifying side This story. is probably going to hurt the feelings of any Lovecraft fans. But the only quote-unquote Lovecraft I've actually read is uh, Cthulhu by Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman? <laughs> Me too! Yep. Ditto. Yep. Actually, I read one really weird story with a student and went, this guy's weird. Yeah, I just, I couldn't get into his writing style. I think I was spoiled by others. <laughs> I will say, Rick, in the editing, you need to take Heather's sigh that she did there, amplify it by about 10x, because there, there was most definitely the, the on Eurus sigh leaching out <laughs> and the fact that we sad. haven't read it. <laughs> I was a Victorian uh, female literature fangirl, so British women writers at my college was like the best class ever. <laughs> mm. I mean, and to be perfectly honest, I never fault anyone for that. 
Lovecraft's works can be very difficult to get into, and his writing style does, you have to accept a massive amount of purple prose. He was very good at coming up with some really interesting concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that his I'll writing style for. did suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mostly because he did not think that he could write dialogue, and therefore it was never included. Also, no female characters in pretty much anything. Well, yeah. Except for the one time, but that was also a woman that was possessed by her dead grandfather. Oh, I mean, you so, know, write spoiler. what you know, I guess. Technically not. <laughs> so, take that for what you will. So, yeah, the group showed up there, at which point the... Uh, I'm just going to go with, like, Team Team Falto and Team Sagira, just to make things Sounds easier good. for That's me. That's fair. So, Team Falto had been stopped at the front gate by a trio of roped figures, of which they had determined... I think Ross and Jordan determined far before their characters did that they were dealing with a trio of Mm. denizens of Ling. Yes, absolutely made that immediately. (laughs) I was like, ah, nuts. (laughs) We're we're not in Kansas anymore. Nope. (laughs) Of which the uh, Team Falto then thoroughly trounced. Dude, we... Okay, Falto (laughs) crushed that. easier fight than us, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Falto unleashed a can of something, because my God. I was going to say, he was whooping up. Well, I suppose as far as the fight outside was concerned, e- yes. Uh, one, Falto delivered because high-level mm-hmm. swashbucklers are amazing. Yeah, oh my God. Like, hands down, <laughs> high-level swashbucklers are devastating in combat. And then, you know, Ross is reliably hitting. I think Jordan even got a good I was Yeah, I even got some hits in, which was yeah, pretty impressive considering it's me with- we're talking about. Uh, Holy Smite, I believe? Uh, oh, gosh. what? Yeah, which, I was, it was one of those. It was either Orders, uh, Wrath, or Holy Smite. Holy Smite. Yeah, you identified that they were evil outsiders, and therefore Holy Smite is particularly effective. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think blinded two of them. Yep. Yeah, so that was that was part of the reason why we were whooping them, is because we had an extra mm-hmm. round on a couple of them. And finished that fight rather quickly, all things considered. And you guys actually got, as far as the, I think in large part because there was two of you as players, as opposed to three players, you guys actually got to the location in less time, and therefore your fight was in the tail end of that. Whereas Team Sekira, uh, with an additional person, it took a little bit more time, roleplay, all the rest of that stuff for you guys to get out there. And then rolled into the fight against a pair of alchemical golems, as well as... Yeah, they suck. <laughs> the yeah. high priest, not to be described. Mm-hmm. So in answer to actually uh, Jessica's statement, though, and I think this kind of plays into, again, the whole... Sometimes the dice really decide the difficulty. Mechanically speaking, the exact same challenge rating for both of those fights. Yeah, but alchemical yeah. golems are one of those things that sometimes don't feel like they're challenge rating. The reason I think the fight against the denizens went so quickly, because denizens have an innate 5d6 sneak attack. Yep. But Ooh. when two of them were blinded yeah, they they, can't by a single they can't poor see. dice roll. <laughs> yeah, and then like Falto got really messed up at the beginning of that fight. True, that's true. Once it started rolling forward there, it was just lucky dice rolls left, right, and center. The map that I chose, I wanted something that you guys would be so far separated that if I decided to run the two fights concurrently, depending on how quickly you got through things, it really wouldn't matter because you wouldn't be able to easily reach one another. Mm. And that played into episode three, which was basically the fight inside of the, the heart of the sanctum there against the twin alchemical golems. And the High Priest, not to be described, which is another <laughs> nod to um, the dream cycle, uh, dream quest of Unknown Kadoth. Mm. The fight then ensued, which uh, tend to, actually tended to be pretty difficult in large part because of the adamantine damage reduction of the golems and the yep. fact that Team Sagira had no way to identify 
the golems. Nope, yeah. No idea. We were like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was unfortunate. These. Golem Bane Scarab, y'all. True. Yeah. That's Once again, get. paying dividends. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, they are always worth purchasing. I yes. Yeah. Well, especially in this adventure path, like they way more than any other adventure path we've played, they have paid out. Technically, this has nothing to do with the adventure path. <laughs> yeah, but still. Well, okay, but like this is on brand for like there were a bunch of golems. So. Yes. Yeah. It's true. And I also wanted to find something that would be interesting as far as the fact that uh, the story, the idea, a lot of the stuff behind Narlathotep is that he gives people access to things. It's part of the expanded canon, but I think it was Robert Block wrote a, uh, a follow-up to Haunter of the Dark where basically Narlathotep was responsible for forwarding the Manhattan Project and giving humanity access to nuclear weapons Good. as part of the expanded mythos stuff. And so it is that idea that Nerlathotep does have this, like, access and provides people technology beyond their means. Yeah, they and included so that the, in Galarian. Nerlathotep gave the dwarves of whatever place the knowledge to create firearms. So we have well, firearms in Galarian. It's one of the theories, yeah. Yep, thanks to Nerlathotep. So the whole idea of including, like, alchemical golems here was like, it's, it's a fun, you know, it's that steampunky vibe where it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll take the technology one step further forward. Uh, it also worked pretty well with the whole, like, why are they getting all of these, like, what are they building there? Why are they getting all of these weird pipes and glass files and all the rest of that? Yep. So and does... Tesla-esque, uh, too. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and does taking those from, like, they do, like, a random element normally to doing just electricity, does that, like, drop the CR or anything? Or is that was that just, like, flavorful? I would argue that it probably would. However, I decided that it really wouldn't make a difference, at the very least, for Segura's group. Because none of you are casting resist elements. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if Hollis had been here and just been like, okay, mass, in, <laughs> like, haha, I've completely negated the danger of these things, I would have probably uh, dropped this challenge reading so down. Good. But yeah, which was sad because I do have that spell on my spell list. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, if I could just get there, I could cast that on him. <laughs> so it's fine. But at the end of that, uh, all of you had joined together finally, mm -hmm. creating the largest adventuring party we've ever had in the show of eight freaking people. Yeah. <laughs> Which more or less means be real that, fun. Uh, yeah, my, my NPCs do make up a full uh, full three-eighths of that group, which uh, mm -hmm. I did make a point to, Robert is a spellcaster, but at the very least the other two are not. And so rogues and swashbucklers are pretty easy to run without mm -hmm. having to worry too much about having to, to balance too many plates, spinning plates. <laughs> and doing that thing where you have to go through like all the different spell lists and be like, okay, what is this one casting? What's this one casting? Yes. Yeah. There, there was fun. a short period of time where I was basically fighting against myself in the first fight. <laughs> since yeah. I was half of the party. I mean, yeah, as half the party, it you know makes sense that you're doing like more than 50% of the like interactions. So, uh, and that does mean that I can include substantially harder fights because you guys need double the number of enemies to equal the same challenge rating for the group. Good. So, yeah, pretty much. Super, super stoked about that. It will be fun. Yeah, as long as we are not fighting that one thing that's like, you know, five levels higher than us. Because <laughs> it might mathematically make sense, but then it's one-shotting us. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know if you guys have any questions for this, but my real question is, uh, did this match up to any of your expectations for what you were, uh, you're thinking you're going into with this? I mean, I think um, we, this is Mummy's Mask. Even if it's a side story, we're always going to be fighting cultists. Yep. That, that's that's yep. on brand. So that seemed on brand. <laughs> uh, for me, I assumed that we were going to be doing chaotic evil outsiders. 
So that's why I picked up uh, Order's Wrath and Holy Smite on my spell list because You're I was like, kill most of this party. Well, that was that's the downside though. Is I'm like, and, and between the two of those, hopefully I can make something work with those because I was like, I mean, worst case they turn into like cure mass. Uh, both of those hurt seals, me. Both but, of those. Well, you know, maybe yeah. you should try being more lawful. They don't fully hurt. We're me, gang members. Well, yeah. I was, okay, that was the We're other thing I found. Squad I'm like, I, don't I was like, you. I want to play a lawful good cleric of Abadar. Um, to redeem Abadar as like a not totally jerky uh, deity. But I was like, it would make no sense for me to prepare spells that would be good for chaotic good people. Cause I was like, that's just not, not good. Rolls. There's no good in team chaos. Yeah. <laughs> team chaos is neutral or bust, honestly. Yeah, oh, pretty right. much. Oh geez. Well, you know, we'll I mean, see planchette will stab you if you try to charge her for we need anything. All so if that tells you what kind of person one she round is. So I can drop, <laughs> drop the hammer on the better go quickly. Everyone hang yeah, back. Yeah, because, like, Swirling Abyss and Valmir have to get up there and get in the flank to do so much damage. Mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, He's a see. knife master rogue. He's going to stab the crap out of things that aren't alchemical golems. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was a funny yeah. fight. <laughs> I, did, I did also assume uh, living creatures, um, or at least cultists, because I did prepare, like, whole person and stuff like that. So I've got, like, some spells that are, like, targeted at more, like, you know, your cultists or cult leaders and stuff like that but but i'm so not I just like, like I'm just these gonna... aren't people <laughs> exactly it's like, i don't know i'm just anticipating having to fight falto's dad yeah mm. but that's that's metagamey because we know what happens in the main story <laughs> yeah it does feel like that he just anybody who's that obsessed with something that should be quote unknowable generally loses that battle of wills it depends you have a 50 50 shot with lovecraftian heroes of whether or not they go completely and totally bonkers insane and give in or if they're able to resist so we'll see at least how long enough to get back and then, goes. you know <laughs> i think uh you know for the hunter in the dark i think the one thing i wasn't expecting was to actually travel to another plane that was yeah, one thing yeah i'm excited that we're on the nightmare realm it's gonna be plane fun. Adventures. You would be. exciting is a word for it yes <laughs> that's something that's not really touched on um thus far and i don't really think it's necessarily much of a spoiler to even say this that you guys have a pretty pretty good idea of the course for mummy's mask going forward right now as far as reaching the the slave trenches and dealing with the flying pyramids and all the rest of that stuff mummy's mask does not really deviate from the material plane and i think for good reason because it is a story that is entirely about osirian mm-hmm. and so this gives me an opportunity to do the whole like We'll do something a little fun, a little plainer, you know, get a little wacky. Not necessarily wacky so much as a uh, horrifying non-Euclidean whatever stuff I, I wouldn't use do. hijinks as a word to describe these past hijinks. few episodes. I mean, it's, it's, a bit <laughs> yeah. of a, it's a bit of that sorbet that they give you at fancy dinners to cleanse the palate before the next course, you know? <laughs> yes. It's so funny that you think we've been to fancy restaurants like that. I don't think I've I mean, I've I learned about it in Cotillion, so, you know, I'm just a fancy lad oh, like geez. that. Oh, fancy look at you, lad. fancy boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I want to go to all these, like, places that you're all like, oh, God, no, why? It's because we never get to go there, so it's new, and it's interesting, and it's super exciting. That's why. That was also why I made a character from Galt, because I was like, man, we never get to go to Galt or have a character make sense to be from True. Galt. So I'm Nobody from goes Galt, to it's Galt. It's a fun place. <laughs> My character <laughs> in Strange Hands <laughs> was from Galt. Is it fun? <laughs> I mean, it's fun in that, like, you know, revolutionary, like, chaotic, almost, you, you know, know way guillotines of that things. steal your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. part I'm not too fan of. Not too big a fan of that. <laughs> I was gonna say my character from Strange Aeons that we played four books of was from Galt. 
I know. I wrote her backstory. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I guess everyone will have to get to see what sort of... uh, I was about to use hijinks because I think Ross put it in my brain. But Sorry. <laughs> my bad. Shenanigans. With his, with his psychic powers. Ha-ha! Inception. What sort of insanity the group is going to get up to in the, Quite uh, the literally. We can pretty much guarantee it's going to be chaos. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so Segura excited. Segura will be right at home. <laughs> I'm ready for chaos. <laughs> Woo! I am very interested to see how it is going to, uh, to pan out from here. Mm. So, and how many people survive. So... Oh, uh, we do have some emails to read already. Emails, yeah. cool. wow, uh, very cool. They don't necess- they don't directly pertain towards this so much as mummy's mask in general. Oh, However, fine. I did pick out two uh, bumping one a little ahead in the queue. Uh, one this actually timed out wonderfully because one of them mentions Ross, despite the fact oh. that it's a mummy's hey. mask one. Nice. Uh, hey. And the other one, uh, <laughs> you'll see the tie-in. Okay. Okay. So the first email is from Mike, aka Person Guy. Nice. Mm. Hi, Mike. Person guy. Hello. Now, funny enough, uh, we actually, we mentioned person guy before because that was one of the reviews that we read way, way back in the day that was posted. Uh, Mike's been with us for a long time. Oh, and, one of the OG uh, fans. I remember we had an entire debate over whether it was person guy or posungi or something <laughs> like that. So really? it's, 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 it's spelled person G-I. But it's pronounced person guy. Did he clarify that? Because he I did almost, clarify. Oh, okay, because I was gonna be like, is he like a like a GI Joe? No. <laughs> <laughs> or a fungi. Mike does uh, write in as far as location is concerned. Since I didn't include where I was from the review, I am originally from Alabama, somewhere infested with hill giants would be appropriate. I didn't say Oh dear. Good, good sir. <laughs> I, I need to put that on like r slash suicide by words. Oh my but, gosh. But currently live in Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. so he got he out of Turtleback Ferry and went to Absalom. Although it does, does specify Milani's Sacred City. Oh. So uh, I don't know. I, I, my immediate thought was just Kentargo because of the Milani involvement there. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. It could be, yeah. I don't so, really know so anywhere else can, in Milani we, we plays put, We put a lot of people outside. in Cantargo recently, but I think that's anyway, just Anyway, he got, he got out yeah. of Turtleback Ferry, and that's yes. what's important. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Mike, originally of Turtleback Ferry, now of Cantargo. <laughs> I mean, Turtleback Ferry is a nice city. It's just the surroundings are... It's true. Just don't, don't go wander. Yeah. Yes. Stay inside when you hear, hear banjo music. <laughs> Mike writes in, Hello, doorkeepers and Rick. Hello, Hello, Mike. Hello. Hello. And Ross. We'll assume you would have greeted Ross had you know he was be- yeah, yeah, here. It's, it's all true. good. <laughs> I'm no doorkeeper, but hello nonetheless. It's true. Technically, the, technically, the doorkeepers are on vacation right now. And also, true. technically, there's only two official doorkeepers, and then there's two adopted doorkeepers. That's fair. Technically, three mm-hmm. if you count armor. But Mike writes in, armor. you may recognize me more by my review name, Person Guy. I wanted to take the time to write and thank you for the incredible content. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Your podcasts are a beacon of light in the darkness of the world. Oh, wow. So sweet. Very nice. As I'm sure everyone says, your care for the story shines through in every word spoken. The editing is part of it, but I do think that you all have incredible talent and dedication to giving life to the people you embody. In fact, I think so highly of you that I use any chance I have to recommend you to anyone who will listen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. We definitely appreciate that. 
I've managed to get one friend hooked. I hope that you can and will continue to do this full time until you retire in the rolling fields of Nirvana. <laughs> Would you wish your friend? We could give him a shout out. That's yeah. well. I mean, I I don't know what their friend's name is. I don't Aww. think they give it. Shout out to person Bummer. guy's friend. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to person guy's yeah. friend. <laughs> if you ever want to write in too, we'll we'll definitely give you a shout yes. out uh, more yeah. depth. Thank you, Mike. Hearing you read my review and then continue to make references to my 90s reference request will be the highlight of my life. I will never stop with the 90s references if I can help it. It happens. I know that most of them get edited out because uh, a certain someone does not appreciate them the way that I do. But they every now and then, one makes it in. I would not say most. I would say more than 50% of them make it in. But okay. Mike continues... <laughs> Mike continues saying, due to different circumstances, I didn't listen to you throughout 2020, but now I'm listening again with a passion. I plowed through 40 episodes in two weeks. And oh, I'm wow. Increasing oh, dude. Holy crap. That's, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. I had originally stopped on episode 86 and am currently listening to the recap of 124 through 126. Whoa. I was going to wait and write when I caught up, but I couldn't resist. I am waiting to listen to the rest of Hell's Rebels until I catch up on Mummy's Mask. I reached the part with the gnarly tooth fairy scene. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I that's hate fair. tooth fairies. I hate them so much. <laughs> By the way, episode 119 with Narmer and Sugar on watch had me giggling in public around a bunch of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> that just means we succeeded. That's, right. yep. That's high praise. That means we did our job right. Mike goes on uh, giving a, a little comment to each of us, starting oh. with Rick. Your GMing style is Mercer level good. Thank you. Oh, that's high praise. As a GM DM, I listen to each and every episode with an eager ear, taking the lessons from a master as the treasured gifts they are. Narmer and Sugar are true inspirations and my favorite characters on Mummy's Mask. <laughs> you don't understand me. Grim was a great character that allowed your incredible lore knowledge to shine through. Well, thank you. I do love dwarves. And so, lore. Any chance I get. <laughs> Both these things. Both of these things. Combine them together. go great together. Rachel. First of all, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Waterworld is an underrated movie and would make a great campaign. (laughs) Yes! Yes, it would! Okay, that latter part I actually kind of agree with, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Anyone who is at the movie night can at least admit, while there are aspects of the movie that did not age well and are a little weird, overall, it was at least entertaining. I haven't That's seen the movie in like 20 years. Fair enough. So. You're not missing anything, Ross. <laughs> yes, you are. You're missing we, anything. We have a new surround sound system. Yeah, it, You're going to come over and watch Waterworld. No, right after him. Oh, it's it, bad. Yeah, it was it's very so good. So. He said not to let y'all tell me otherwise. Well, he's not the boss of us. <laughs> also, as far as the campaign element of that is concerned, uh, I think Ruins of Aslan would be kind of close. Yeah. That's why I want to play yeah. it. Secondly, I can't decide if I like Vittoria or Citra more. Both are wonderful characters with such heart and compassion that I can't help but love them. Aw, thanks. I try really hard to get that across, too, so I'm glad it actually does. Actually gets across. (laughs) Jessica. Hey, that's me. Hollis and Adria are incredible characters. I love Hollis's snark, and Adria reminds me of all the good things about my mom. Right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what we're going for. Is your mom from Boston? <laughs> <laughs> Mine's from not. Alabama, I, I don't know. 
Well, I mean, he said he was from Alabama, but it's true. The South moms like to feed people. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was oh, the yeah. gumbo reference that you made, mm. where you're like, "Oh, we'll make some gumbo or some jambalaya with this alligator." Because <laughs> oh, it was alligator, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your incredible use of Hollis's spell list makes me wish all my players was good with their characters as you are. You say that until you have to deal with players that are good at spells. <laughs> That's Jordan, Sudi is such a lovable character. I can absolutely understand why he is everyone's, including my wife's, favorite cat folk. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's favorite cat folk. Yay. Even though you forget your abilities a good chunk of the time, your role playing of your I character. I've gotten better and... at that. A little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit better at that. I'm going to propose a challenge oh. while I'm sitting here. Oh, I'll, I'll give this to the first person that hops on our Discord and mentions this and let's say the Mummy's Mask spoilers. I think it's just Mummy's Mask episodes channel. Mm. If someone can tell me the last episode in which Jordan used his black cat. I knew you were going to call that out. I was like, it's been so long since I've used that ability. Whomever it is, we will find a way to reward you. <laughs> So uh, a t-shirt t-shirt God, I don't even remember that. Like get, a, get him a Phrasma fist bump shirt. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> anyway, uh, even though you forget your abilities a good chunk of the time, your role-playing of your characters and general out-of-game demeanor are delightful. Aw, you. you're delightful, Jordan. I like to be delightful. <laughs> and I love all of your characters I have heard so far, even that creepy crucible. don't worry we love him too it's just we have to point it out see bringing it all back together did you tell jordan Mm. about the canon thing we decided in the fated tales episode two oh no what um does it involve shooting crucible out of a cannon no i think they they, i think they decided that crucible was like in the necropolis whenever the pyramid fell and they're like maybe the pyramid just fell on crucible (laughs) oh jeez just desserts Oh, God. <laughs> what happened to a pyramid fell on him? Wait, what? <laughs> okay, he, but he's at the very edge, so his little feet are sticking out with his like extravagant shoes. So he's like the wicked witch of the east. The witch is dead. Anyway. I was more thinking it'd be funny if he was just like stuck down there, and it's like okay, like he was down in the basement of one of the buildings that was crushed, and now he's trapped underneath it, just surrounded by it. It's like, well, I guess someone's got to do all this, Mamiya. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's found 500 years after he's turned oh into God. a mummy from all the drugs. <laughs> oh, man. Continuing the adventure content right there. Oh, yep, my gosh. There you go. Heather. Uh-oh. The day I heard on Eurus fall, I wept. Yeah, me too. While he wasn't my favorite character, his passing stung me in my soul. It was like losing a friend. Aw. Aw. The send-off everyone gave sent a thrill of... Frisian. I've never heard the word Frisian before. Is that a word? Uh, mm. Not a commonly used one, if it is. Say, I honestly don't know. Frisian. Frisian. You've managed Hold to on. stump all these English frisson. people. Frisson. Sorry, uh, it is pronounced frisson. It is a sudden strong feeling of excitement or fear. Oh, yeah. Word of the day, y'all. Wow. I was going to say, there you frisson. go. Thank you it's for further French. educating me. <laughs> yeah, well done. The send-off everyone gave sent a thrill of frisson up my spine, but... Losing on Eurus brought the wonderful Masika and Narmer into our lives. I was really surprised you chose the prankster archetype for them. Didn't you realize that was just more ammo for Rick to antagonize you in a playful manner? <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> and everyone else. 
<laughs> I'm actually very intrigued by Cesare and can't wait to see that story unfold. Oh, mm. I love Cesare's backstory. He might be one of the better ones I've written in a while. I'm excited mm. to see how that goes. Getting lots of nods to uh, to Hell's Rebels on this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah. And I know Ross isn't on Mummy's Mask. Haha, that's why I waited but until now. he is today! <laughs> he is today! Rick, you clever mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> he ran Tales from Dark Vell phenomenally. Yeah, he Thank did. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm currently running The Crown of the Kobold King for one of my two groups and took a nice. lot of inspiration in the first module from him. <laughs> Thank you. By pure happenstance, I discovered that podcast right as I started running Hollow's Last Hope. Yeah. I'm happy to see him in Tyrant's Grasp and Hell's Rebels. Oh, well, hey. Yeah. Woo! And <laughs> guest starring in Mummy's Mask. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Your resident archer dude, and archer <laughs> adamantine arrows. That's about eh, all we know about you. <laughs> yep. Mike goes on to state, uh, and I don't agree with this statement, so I'm just going to throw that out there, Mike. I don't believe my grasp of English of the English language is adequate enough to describe just what you all mean to me. I will. You used a, a word we've never even heard of. That's I was about really to say you level. educated us today. Your yeah. grasp yeah. of the English yeah, language like is exceptional. A plus on your essay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike concludes with, may the paths you walk forever be picturesque. Mike, Aww. a.k.a. person guy. Nice. Mike then sent a follow-up email saying, oh, in my effort to come across eloquently, I forgot to include my suggestion slash request. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First off, grade A, grade a on the essay. Yes. <laughs> Holy yeah. p- picturesque. That was like picturesque. poetry right there. That was great. Yeah, I'd give you a four on a, on a standardized test. There you are. I'm is guessing four, that's good. Is four good? Four, four is, is the good? highest. Oh, great. Oh, okay. All right. We're going AP. Is that AP standard? No, that? that's just like old tax tests and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> the writing okay. portion. I remember that. Okay. Now. Yeah, never never did those. Mike says, after you finish casting the gods, would you be interested in casting the Imperial Lords, Demon Lords, or Lords of Hell? Hmm. I think that they yes. add so much depth, I mean, depth to the religious <laughs> and planar side of the Pathfinder universe, and they deserve the shout outs. Andaletta is my favorite. Hmm. So, we've obviously already started our new casting for Mummy's Mask. However, I had been considering whether or not we wanted to cast the Lords of Hell for Hell's Rebels. Yes! Because I think that would be both fun and educational for the audience to get to know a little bit more about the the antagonists Hmm. backing House Throne. Isn't Jason Isaacs Asmodeus? Jason Isaacs, we've already cast as Asmodeus. Yeah, Asmodeus. <laughs> yeah. So, so that one, still that gives us eight other lords. So, <laughs> yeah. hey. Okay. But Mike then signs off again. Okay, bye. See you on the Discord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Till then. Thanks again, Mike. We have a second email. Ooh. This is from a single helix, aka Noah. Oh, uh, hi, Noah, Noah does not give us a location. I mean, single helix reference to like a double helix with DNA makes me think Numeria. A little bit, yeah. So, yeah. I only have a single helix left after all the radiation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Maybe. Maybe. Uh oh. (laughs) Heather's making that face like, that's not how radiation works. No. No. (laughs) I'm using Fallout logic. Shut up. Oh, my God. Gary. Uh. So, uh, what is the town outside of Silvermount? Oh, um... I can't remember, so we'll say you're from Torch. That's the only other city I remember. Torch is the only one. (laughs) Torch is a pretty cool place. There's Torch and Scrapple, but Scrapple is not a very pleasant place. No, yeah. (laughs) Noah from Torch. 
Hello, find pathers. Okay. <laughs> One, I think that's the first time I've ever seen it addressed that way. Two, yep. I really want to say find panthers. <laughs> yeah. That's a different podcast. I can see how you'd go there. Yes, yes. Hey, if I yes, were... Find... <laughs> Welcome to the Find the Panthers podcast. I was going to say, I have a miniature one in my lap. It's, 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 that's, what, uh, that's what Isra is. She's I a mean, blind oh. panther. Find she finds everybody somewhere. with Isra messages. That's true. Heather does have a house panther, and we I have do. a half house panther. Noah goes on to say, After joining your audience around the time that you hit episode 100, I've caught up and have appreciated y'all's friendly, inclusive, dynamic, and system mastery throughout. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. It's hard to listen to 150 plus hours of gameplay and not absorb some elements of your style. While Rick's strict and vocal rules adherence is a terrible match for my curse campaign, (laughs) it has served me well while GMing society games online (laughs) over the last year. (laughs) <laughs> saying 26 hits your flanked grappled target eliminates a shocking amount of weight, but did you include the blank? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's roundabout enough praise to be accepted. Yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> My group is nearly all vaccinated and is negotiating towards playing in person again after a year on roll 20. Mm. And I've gotten into a great flow of map and token prep ahead that wouldn't be possible with what a race and battle maps. Awesome. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that we all encourage everyone to go out and get vaccinated and, uh, yep. and do their mm-hmm. do their part to yep. support the larger community so that we yep. can all get back and for God's sakes, have PaizoCon in person next year. Yes. Oh, yeah, that would be so <laughs> nice. I, uh, that and I'd like to play in person again because I've got an, we've got our game room that has been getting no use because nobody's coming over to play games in a sad It's true. true. Rachel yeah. and I bought all new chairs that we could sit people at. I know. Anyway, I'm curious. As my group moves into book three of a campaign with ever escalating map size and complexity, how your group thinks about using digital tabletop tools for in-person games and what I might be able to roll high enough on a sleight of hand to borrow... <laughs> I mean, I know you always talked about getting a table with the the inset, like the, oh, TV the tablet inset. Ins- installed. Yeah, inside. either yeah. that or like a projector. I think mm-hmm. would be yeah. kind of. Neat uh, that to was do. one of my projects I was going to start working on before like the pandemic hit. Was we we had a projector that we we'd gotten, and I was going to mount it and then put it down onto our game table as like a you know an optional thing because yeah, for huge maps it is yeah. very nice to be able to like pop yeah. through everything. True. Yeah. yeah, and if you just use the projector for the map, you can still have like painted minis and stuff mm-hmm. that people can move around. So yeah, that's I feel like that's the two sides of it that kind of war for me is I love the utility of virtual tabletops. I miss my minis. Yeah, it's like I can import <laughs> these maps and and you guys get to look at this whole like oh here's this beautiful map mm. and all the rest of that as long as the squares freaking line up, but <laughs> which is always the challenge. Yeah, but at the same time, I do miss having physical miniatures, mm. you know, that dynamic of sitting around the table. Some of it is lost when recording remotely. Yeah. I feel like we've recaptured a lot of that. Although going back and listening to the Faded Tell stuff, it was a little touch and go right at the beginning with Faded Tells where we're like, oh, there's a lot of pausing and disruption and no, wait, no, you go. No, 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 you go. Yeah, wait, no, I'll go. Um <laughs> Hey, we got better at it. <laughs> yeah. It's the struggle with lag. Yeah, I've actually found that I really enjoy virtual tabletop, and I'm only now experimenting around with Foundry. I know that Jessica has a great deal more mastery with that than yeah, I Foundry's do. Yeah, Foundry's fun. But being able to add in, uh, and 
you know, while I haven't managed to ever really touch on it, the whole like having moving scenes or having scenes that change between different parts of it. I saw a recent map on, uh, I follow the Reddit for battle mats. And mm. uh, I saw one recently that was like a vol- like a steadily exploding volcano. So you're oh, like in a oh, cool. fire temple and then like the lava is rising. And so you like switch oh. between different layers of the map to illustrate the lava rising. So oh, eventually that squares cool. that you're occupying are now like occupied by lava. And it's like, oh, that is that is fun. Wow. I think, yeah, doing either projector, which would be easy, would probably be the easier option, I think. Yeah, because otherwise you have to cut a hole in your table and then, like, yeah. you know, m- make some kind of mounting situation. That, that was yeah. my thing for me was I was like, I would like to have a TV, but I'm unwilling to cut into it, you know, into my desk to or my table to make that space happen. I wonder if there might be products on the market either now or eventually that would accommodate that sort of thing, like just pre-built. I'm pretty sure they do. They Don't, don't they make the tables that you can just set the TVs in now? Um, yeah, but they're very I... expensive. Well, yeah, I didn't say they were going to be cheap. <laughs> I'm also wondering if you could do something like uh, we're using the crystal cast um, the, battle top. Yeah, the raised up mm. one. Just to kind of raise up the maps. Yeah. I wonder if there'd be a way to build something that contains the TV inside of it that you just place down on top of your table yeah. that also still leaves you the storage space underneath it. Um, I mean, yeah, you could you could actually probably do that pretty easily. Um, the biggest thing is getting the the little legs on there to be able to support the weight of the TV. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to spend a lot, a lot of money, uh, Wormwood always has their shenanigan custom tables of doom. Yeah. And yeah, I think some true. of them have already have cutouts for you to place a TV or a monitor or something in. So, Actually, uh, shout out to the folks over there at Hideous Laughter. Yeah. Actually use a TV built hmm. into a table for theirs. Oh, do they? Interesting. So. I think they do. I think that I think I've seen pictures. That sounds right. Shoot Griff a message or something like that. Yeah, exactly. See, see, see how they did exactly that. did you do this? Um, of course, like actually rolling physical dice is something that we still do for the shows anyway. But uh, I, I like that better than like, especially like for me, like for some reason Foundry hates me. It's not as satisfying to click a button anyway. You know, you want to hear that like clack, clack, clack and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Now, because the podcast has made me a bit of an audiophile, I will say that uh, if if I was ever to set up a game room for not recording, but just playing, uh, I would also love to put a good like surround sound system in there for mm. Sirenscape oh, man, and for things Sirenscape? like that to, to get the great. full immersive environment. Because <laughs> that is one of the advantages of having the headphones is mm. you clearly can hear Sirenscape and get the full, you know, wind blowing through the trees and, you know, hearing the, the waves and those really annoying seagulls and sirenscape does support like 5.1 is it or is it like 7.1 i'm, I'm going to say it's 5.1 but yeah. i'm not positive because i remember that that that's the reason why it's it's in the the software that it's in is because mm-hmm. they needed the 5.1 support yeah dude gets one surround sound system and then goes habitual <laughs> <laughs> then i go nuts surround sound systems in every room yeah i corrupted rachel on the way too Oh my gosh, it's so bad at work. <laughs> like, I can't stand to listen to other people in my meetings because I'm like, just a $20 mic would help. <laughs> and just stop using your laptop mics. I can't understand you. You sound weird. It's just. The, it's and then everybody's like, well, not everybody me. can afford your fancy podcast. I was like, you can afford a $20 microphone. The company will pay you back. That's true. <laughs> the worst is when somebody calls in to one of those calls and you're just <gasps> like, oh, the audio quality is like trash. How did we ever listen to that? 
It's so weird how spoiled we've become. It's true. <laughs> there you are. So Noah goes on to say, keep on finding. I'll keep on listening. We can a single helix, Noah. Noah also that. includes a PS, which is why uh, Noah made the uh, the list for the, the end of this uh, after party that says, hmm. PS, Swashbuckler is the best buckler. <laughs> My favorite Pathfinder character of all time was an action economy breaking, reach fighting, attack of opportunity abusing combat monster who has now retired from Pathfinder society. Oh dear God. Ending Sounds with amazing. bring back Falto exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> Wish <Hey>. granted. You're <laughs> welcome, Noah. <laughs> so uh, I figure we wrap up the end of this episode. With a, uh, I believe when we had done the Faded Tells, Faded Tells, we had cast the Faded characters. However, I don't believe we have announced casting for our new Pathfinder companions. Mm. So I figured real quick I would ask uh, Ross and Jordan whom they would like to cast for Isaac and Jean-Louis. I knew there was a mistake that I made when I was making my character. <laughs> <laughs> it was casting. Um, okay, let me see, because Jean-Louis Rousseau is going to be played by Gaspard Uliel, hmm. uh, who I like actually has the, the scar, but also fits the bill other than having blue eyes instead of brown. He's from Perfume, which is the creepiest movie ever. Uh, and Hannibal he, he, Rising. He's not in that, is he? Yeah, I think. No, Wait, Ben Wishaw is the main guy in that. He's from Hannibal Rising. He was also in the French short film, you know that the the thing that was a compilation of like all the different love stories. Oh yeah, Jatam Paris or whatever. Yeah, mm. he was. He in that. is the spokesmodel for Chanel. Apparently, I yes, learned when I typed in his name plus perfume. Mm. Interesting. I mean, I'll buy it. Uh, let's see. For Isaac, I have an option. I have a feeling when I say this option, I will probably be laughed at, but that's okay. Uh -huh. I'm fine with this. I've made my peace okay, with it. Okay, to be fair, we don't do cash shaming here. On no, we don't. Does that That's mean okay. we're, we're allowed to give other options? You're allowed to, but I, I think this if might... If Ross has picked one, then that's who it is. Well, that's, that's why I was asking. I was like, when you make it out like this is an option, does that mean you're wanting other options or you have picked? I think I've picked, so... Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and by I think I've picked, I mean I have picked... Regardless okay. of what people say or do. Uh, <laughs> Ross is a little more definitive. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, with that sort of lead in, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Robert Pattinson. Um, I think okay. that, yeah, I think it works all right. All right. If you had long Why hair. We have a I cast mean, before, too. Like hmm? currently really buff Robert Pattinson. Like if you've seen any like of the pictures the Batman, from the Batman, like Batman. right now. Um, I have he's pretty ripped right now. But he's actually a really good actor. Yeah, he is. He is. Like, he's yeah. very talented. But uh, but yeah, no, um, that's that's who I'd go for. Uh, I have not seen him in his, I guess, new buffified form. Um, <laughs> <laughs> somebody cast bull strength on him. Yep. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, from from all the arrows you've probably you know drawn and and fired in your years, you're probably Buff Pattinson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Isaac isn't. I mean, he's not strong, strong, but I mean, he's at least got a twelve, so he's above average. I just I appreciate Ross not going for the low hanging fruit of Jeremy Renner. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that would have been too on the nose. Yeah. Too on the nose. Yeah. So um, I anyway. suppose to actually to actually give us a casting challenge. I already know where I would go with this, but I would be interested to see it on for each of the rest of you. 
who would you envision for Robert? Oh, I know exactly who that is. I have to think uh, of his I name. I, okay, I know who I'm picking. I know who I envision. I don't know if it would shape your opinion on like where you think this story is going to go if I say so. Oh, no. Okay. okay. So my choice for him is Charles Dance. Most okay. famously, Tywin Lannister. Oh. oh. Jamie okay, Lannister's okay. father. Just because he has that that's such a stern, commanding presence, but is so almost disturbingly charming in everything that he's in. Wait, how old is uh, Robert supposed to be? He's in his mid fifties. Yeah. Mm. Okay. He was also in uh, Imitation Game, hmm. which I saw some clips of him in, but I never actually saw the movie. It's a good movie. Um, I I have one. Okay, Heather, who do you have? Uh, Martin Sheen. Hmm. Ooh. Oh. Martin Sheen. Okay. Yep. Kind of more the the elusive man vibes. Yeah, or? yeah. I don't know. Just the whole I had like kind of like I know all of these things and I need you to do a thing, but I'm you know I'm kind of shady about it too. So yeah. So I'm I'm going with Martin Sheen. I mean, fortunately, in uh, Robert's case, his son's got his act together more than Martin Sheen's son, but. <laughs> Yeah, it depends on which that's one. That's my choice. No, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Not with tiger blood. How's that? I think I've got one too, actually. Oh, all right, Russ. I'm going to go with um, Christopher Lee. Kind of like a middle-aged oh. Christopher oh, Lee. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Oh. From his days when he did work in like a bunch of the Dracula films and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Nice. He has yes, a sort of... Presence. <laughs> charismatic like intensity to him and also christopher lee did put out a heavy metal album so we know the man I mean, can sing that's true <laughs> that's fair. well fair point and he could give a good rousing speech yes mm-hmm. and chris christopher lee is one of those great actors that can come across as both intimidating and charming simultaneously yeah yep so i do uh i do love the uh, the dearly departed christopher lee mm-hmm. sir christopher lee sir christopher lee yes true all right, let me see if I can get Rachel to help me by giving her the most <laughs> yeah, obtuse need... clue. Okay. Okay. I really hope you leave these in, Rachel. Blonde guy. Okay. He looks, he's blonde. In everything okay. I've seen him in, he has short blonde hair. Okay. He looks like a knockoff Gilderoy Lockhart. He is not Kenneth Branagh, but he's in the same, he's like in the same vibe. And he's like schmarmy. And I feel like he's in Sherlock, but I don't. I don't think he's in Sherlock. But he's like British. Which Sherlock? You're you're not talking Jude Law. No, he's he's older than Jude. Well, he's older than Jude Law that I think of from the '90s. <laughs> There's your '90s reference. Everyone. He's like, gosh, he's like so smart. He has such a punchable face. I have no idea who <laughs> she's a talking about. Face that doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> so was he's, he in Sherlock? He or no? might have been. Ah ha ha. Yes, he was in, he was Moriarty in the version, in the movie Sherlock oh. with oh. Robert Downey Jr. And he was in A Mad Men too. Um, oh. He was, he was you, the. He, not Moriarty, oh my gosh. Uh, J, uh, Sorry. Yeah, no, he was Professor James Moriarty. Yes, yes, Jared no, Harris. I know. I, uh, Jared was, Harris, he yes. He was in Fringe. Yes, Jared that's what I was just thinking of, his Fringe. Yes, Jared Harris, yeah. I that love that I guy. That guy is amazing. Yeah. Yes, he was oh, also yeah, in Oh, yeah, no, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Even Ross knows. 
Yeah, he's Russ, really Russ good. See, French. I don't picture yeah. him blonde. I think of him more as like redhead. Yeah, well, he's a why. redhead. Chris Evans is a redhead. Or sorry, if Chris Evans is blonde and he's the son, then I think the dad's also blonde. That's where I'm at. Mm, that's fair. No, but I mean, I picture Darren Harris, I think, has red hair. That's why I wasn't mm-hmm. connecting it. Yeah, but it's blonde enough. Yeah. All right. So in the most roundabout way ever, we got Jessica's Jared pick. Harris. Jared Harris. <laughs> I just saw his face and I could not think of what he was in. <laughs> He's a very right. good actor. Yeah. Okay. He's good. All right. I'm, I'm going to go next then. Okay. So I know I'm casting a little bit on the young side. David Harbour. Oh, I do love him, but I, I, he's not sleek. He, he, well, but he does a good job at doing like being very charismatic, but also having that haunted like kind of vibe mm, to him like he does okay. a really good job with like stranger things and like black widow if you've seen that where he's like does those like moments where it's like like kind of stare off kind of moments but he's also super charming stare. yeah the thousand yard stare there you go and then but he's super charming mm, mm. i'm always having the struggle where i have two i'm debating between <laughs> you mean jared harris i do have an alternate so i'm curious <laughs> if this is one of your two probably isn't though probably not uh especially because he's he kind of looks a little bit on the younger side, considering his age. I think he's in his his mid to late fifties now. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, actually, he is one of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> See, okay, we're gonna go with that one. He, he yeah. was one of mine. Well, no, that's his now. Blonde. That just feels weird to me. No, I didn't. I didn't think Rick was changing. He no, no, I'm like, just saying that Robert that's, doesn't that's have an to be blonde. I don't think. Right? No, yeah. I feel like he is though. I think I've described him as blonde. Actually, no, I've described that his hair has gone completely white because uh, yeah, whatever he saw. Yeah, yeah. So then it's whatever, right? To be fair, he's been completely white. Like, his hair's been completely white since his 30s because uh, I didn't he's include it there. Stuff. But I've. Well, that was that was the thing. It's like everything that he saw, it just like his hair just went white. Because mm. I, I don't know why. When I was a kid and read Dracula, for some reason that just stuck in my brain when Jonathan Harker comes back and his hair's white. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, you could be Connor Reeves. I do like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but I think he would probably be too. Yeah, he was too young. Well, I mean, he's the right age. I I think he's fifty-five. Yeah, I was gonna say David Harbour is too young because he's forty-six. I think. (laughs) To be fair, like David Harbour looks kind of like an older forty-six. Oh yeah, I know. He definitely looks like he's on the older side. Like Jeffrey Dean Morgan looks young for his age, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Anyway. Go on. Why are you stealing all mine? <laughs> was that your other one? <laughs> that was my other one. Was Pierce Brosnan. Boom. <laughs> our minds. Our minds are becoming as one. Oh, so yeah, I was thinking Pierce Brosnan because one, he's a great actor, but Pierce he Brosnan. has. Yeah. yeah, but he has he has that presence. You know, he was freaking James Bond, so oh, yeah. he can be very charming, uh, but he c- could also kill you. So, mm. you know, there's that menacing part to it. Say he was the Bond Simon roll that can with. kill you. It's like yeah. James James Bond, whose son is Captain America. <laughs> okay, that's a heck of a bloodline right there. I was gonna say, that's I was a heck gonna of a bloodline. The, the casting on this section is going to be very expensive. <laughs> we have top actors in here now. Well, I mean, have you looked at the gods recently? <laughs> I know. I was scrolling. I was scrolling through our our mm. casting list, and I'm like, God, this would be the biggest budget production ever. Oh, you, know, you know those movies where like there's just everybody and their mom in it, and you're like, yeah. Man, how did they get all those like, actors? How is Find this the path. person in this. Yeah. This is what your people Patreon who goes took to. a pay cut. That's what it is. How did, how did you convince Dame Judy Dench to be a cat? How did you just I, know. To get I don't paid, know how cats okay? got anybody in there. How did we bring back people from the dead also? Because we've cast some people who have passed. I mean, yes, there have. are ways. CGI. We're not doing that thing they did with, uh, what's her name? Um, Peter Cushing? No, uh, yeah. in Star Wars, they did with... Um, Carrie Pete. Fisher? 
Carrie Fisher. Did you seriously just forget Carrie's Fisher's yes, name? Yes, I just forgot Carrie How Fisher's name. Oh, dear. Nerd card suspended. Yeah. It's okay. I'll get it back next episode. Yeah. <laughs> when you all have technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to point out, though, that technically Rachel's statement was also correct and would have also applied to what Jordan then followed up and said. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Since they did bring back Peter Cushing for that same movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's why I went Peter Cushing. <laughs> anyway. They brought back a lot of people. Go mm. vote on the Reddit for who yeah. should play Robert. Man, that's Robert. a tough pick. That's a, that's a broad yeah. field there. Yep. There's some... Uh, no. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel did just remind me of my favorite fan theory from any movie that I've ever seen, which was that the Nicolas Cage The Rock movie is a sequel to the James oh. Bond series. Yeah. And that Sean Connery is playing James a retired Bond, yeah. Bond <laughs> that has been locked up in prison the entire time. Think about that and then go watch that amazing movie. There's your 90 <laughs> reference. And until next time, Pathfinders, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Next time. Bye. Ah, The Rock. You are The Rocket oh, Man. Goodness <laughs> gracious. We ended on a 90s reference, too. Yeah, man. <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.